0: Pay attention, I've got some exciting news for you guys. I've launched a seven-day free, total free audio course for you guys, which is gonna help you improve and elevate your mindset. And it's also gonna help you in your business. All you have to do is go and sign up every single day, day one to day seven, you will receive a free two-minute audio from me in my own words, in my voice. And what that will do, is help you in your business and your mindset. Make sure you go and sign up and let me know how you find it. My name is Ibi Aslam and you're listening to Ibi Aslam Uncensored. Welcome to my podcast where we discuss property, business, lifestyle, and well-being. If this is the first time you are visiting us, then please hit the follow button on your app. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there. Welcome back to another episode. On today's show, we have Grace, who is a spiritual teacher and she's a womb healer. What she does specifically is that helps women discover their feminine and masculine energy and more deep work and spiritual work. I feel like this is a message not many people put out there. This is going to be a really, really educational podcast for women and men. Really can't wait to speak with her today. And when I spoke to you for an hour, remember that? Yeah. um, I think it was last week or sometime. Like... I was all in. And I said to you that, you know what? Why is no one delivering your message more out there? I just don't understand it because Mm. it affects every single relationship. Every single relationship, like the things that you mentioned, it does affect. So why don't more men and women know about this, right? Yeah. But anyway, so thank you for coming on. So you tell me who is Grace in like two minutes.
1: Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, Okay so I would say that there is is—it's not like a trick question but do you know one of my first ever life coach asked me this question right and I was preparing for like this meditation she was like who are you
2: Mm.
1: and I was I was like right I've got the identity that I am in my human form and then I have like my soulful self Mm. I think for my identity and my humanness on earth, like who I am as my name is a spiritual teacher Mm. and a woman's mentor. Like I help women with their life, their emotions. um, And I'm trained in Magdalene womb healing. So... A lot of the things that I teach or I help women with, and men, men do listen, um, is all about coming from that, that birthing portal. The okay. place where we all were born. Um, and it's, it's such a niche kind of area. There's not many kind of womb healers around, but it's, it's somewhere I just ended up. So that's mm. me in like human form. <laughs> And, um, you know, I I would say I'm a good friend, I'm a good daughter, Um, I would say, like, I'm a people person, I like to be around people, I like to know people's stories, Um, I like to dive in deep with people, Um, and I like to give back to the community, I like to be able to, yeah, make people feel better.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, Soulful me. (laughs) I would say is kind of weird, a little bit weird, or you would say weird.
0: Everyone's weird these days, aren't they? Yeah,
1: do things a little bit differently. Um, I would say I'm more of kind of um, a very earthly water being. So a lot of people look at me and they say like mermaid, like very Lemurian, which is like a... It's like a like a fantasy land. I like to live in like the fantasy land. Okay. So like soul for me is kind of playful and fun. Um, I can be quite on my shadow side. I can be quite seductive, temptress kind of energy. So I do mm. have quite a lot of sexual energy. Um, and So
0: you can be described as a flirt as well.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. But that's a
0: good, I think that's a good skill to have, to be honest, especially in life, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it's being being kind, isn't it, as well? Yeah, like, yeah. And I think also it's just one of those things that is natural. It's yeah. natural for I mean, supporter.
0: these days you smile, people think you're flirting, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: I need to do a quick prayer as well. Okay, so. Should I just do it in my mind or do you want me to do it out loud? Just do
0: that. you do the prayer.
1: You want me to say it out loud? Yeah, yeah,
0: however okay. you want to do it.
1: Do you want to close down your eyes with me? Okay, Okay. So we just take a nice inhale, and just come in into the body, just arriving in the space, leaving the day behind, just being in the here and the now. And we call upon North Air, East Fire, South Earth, West Water, all directions, all dimensions of the highest and the purest, love and light of source only. To guide us, to protect us, to love us, to bring through wisdom and knowledge Love, healing, connection for our own individual high paths and the greatest good of all those around and all those who are watching to receive this divine guidance, this divine talk, this communication, this connection with compassion, ease, grace and to ground that, amazing. And you can open your eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we ready? I can only go off, obviously, I think, my experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I first started going deeper into my healing journey, it was a long time ago. It was like Mm. seven years. So it was still not very, I wouldn't say popular, yeah. but it, it, it just didn't have the awareness it has now. Okay. So I had to make a lot of decisions along the way just by trusting my intuition, trusting my guides, hmm. trusting uh, my, my three angel guides were the first guides that came to me. And they started to teach me how to heal my body through meditation, through breath, through visualization, through different water techniques, through different cleansing techniques and I just had to trust. I was at a point in my life where, you know, people sort of didn't really accept that that was the way I wanted to live. It was a little bit weird or-
0: Strange to them.
1: Strange to them, which is absolutely fine. Mm. Um, So I moved through a lot by simply trusting my spiritual connection. Um, And I think at that point as well, It was so powerful. It was so potent. It was like I couldn't ignore it. Okay. And they say that when your intuition and your spiritual connection to the divine or to your guides or to whatever it is that is still within you, Mm. but it's something that we haven't really learned to tap into. They say it gets louder and louder. Okay. And it can shift things up in your physical reality for you to then go, right, okay, I need to listen. Mm. Like, I need to stop, I need to listen, and then I need to move forward somehow. Yeah. So I think the one common thing I see with women is, the. I mean, the, the phrase loving yourself is used so much, and there's so many threads to it. There's so many layers to what loving yourself actually means. Mm. A lot of women, I think... Firstly, think it's their body. I've got to love my physical appearance to really love myself. I think that actually comes later on in the healing journey. It's not where we really start.
2: Mm.
1: And a lot of women will try and do, 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 do the things, tick all the boxes to be like, but I am doing this and I am doing that. So why aren't I still loving myself? I'm doing all the work, I'm doing all the stuff but by doing you're not you're not surrendering and receiving so because we've been taught to do all the time a lot of women think we have to do to start healing and actually it's it's the opposite we have to stop yeah that's the first thing is to stop like that prayer we just did mm. is to is to start off by stopping by just being still like being with yourself Mm. so many people can go on this ascension journey of i've got to heal this and i've got to heal that and you know it it can take them to all these huge experiences but until we actually find peace in our own stillness Mm. um, it can be difficult to feel like you're progressing in a way because we have to We have to learn how to be familiar with ourselves. So women who are going wrong, I wouldn't say they're going wrong, but perhaps maybe...
0: Miseducated?
1: Miseducated or using their mind (laughs) over their heart or what they think they need to do. Yeah. Rather than going in. And that's why meditation is very powerful because... When you learn to become familiar with yourself in stillness, in silence, or even just with the music on hmm. you're learning to go into deeper connection with your soul, and we cannot meet our soul in the doing energy and in the mind because that's the ego yeah we can only meet our soul in the in the in the solitude in the stillness, and so it's still that thing of doing because we're all just on this rat race. So it's like, just stop for a moment. And meditation might be hard to begin with, but that's why it's such a powerful practice. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why it has so many benefits. So I think that would be where I would say for women to start is to actually stop.
0: Mm, Stop and get spiritual.
1: Yeah, or go a little bit deeper firstly in... In starting to be okay in their own silence with their own thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With whatever's coming up. Um,
0: Get familiar with them, right?
1: Yeah, and meditation means to become familiar with. Mm. So it actually means to become familiar with who you are as a person. And um, it can be challenging, which is why I always recommend like a, you know, meditation coach or a spiritual coach or even a friend to do it with. Yeah. Really learning to do that on a daily basis, especially in the morning, and then the healing journey kind of evolves from there. Yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. everything sort of like opens up. It's like that lotus flower mm. that grows, you know, from the dark. Yeah, yeah, because you're going in the dark, you're sitting with yourself, that's really unfamiliar thing to do, and then you start to grow. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know it doesn't go the other way Hmm. but you know our society is like get everything done so you can bloom straight away and we forget about all those things that are a little bit deeper
0: it's interesting you say that because i heard uh, you've heard of jordan peterson right yeah and he's i heard him in an interview once he said that if you're not if you don't know where you are if you're lost with yourself go in a dark room switch the light off and talk to yourself and you'll eventually figure out who your true self is. Mm. So exactly Apple what you're practice. kind of saying, right? Yeah. So do you, have, do you think a cult- culture in UK, in British here, the culture has something to play a part in that?
1: Yeah, for sure. The Western, the Western society is most certainly a structure that's, it's a masculine structure for one, mm. which is amazing because, you know, look at what we've accomplished look at what we can do, look at the technology. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so great in that respect, but it totally does not make space or room for that not doing stillness.
2: Mm.
1: And, you know, so many people feel guilty if they don't do anything in their day and they just decide to have a day for themselves. Um, On some level, it can feel really uncomfortable, especially if you're really ambitious, Mm. especially if you have that drive for life. Um, And that society, that masculine built structure is all we know, men and women and gender neutral, however you want to, you know, describe yourself as a being. Yeah, it does mold us. It's from school. You know, we don't we're not told at school Go and be a spiritual teacher and just follow your intuition. We're told logic and science and structure, and this is the job you need to succeed in life. And that's great, great for some people. But there are people out there that that doesn't doesn't truly fit. Yeah, it doesn't fit with. And I think it has had a huge effect on mental health. It's had a huge effect on women's menstrual cycles and how they are in tune with themselves, in tune with their natural rhythm, their natural flow. Yeah. We have two clocks, right? We have our body clock, our menstrual cycle clock, and then we have 24 hour clock. Mm. So women have got to really tap into both. Um, And you know, Western society does not make room for that we have to go back to work after we've had a baby and we have to be mom and wife and sister and friend and everything at the same time and then get a career and then on top of that, be successful in it. True. Sometimes I feel like we haven't really been taught or educated on the really primal, like important parts of... Who we are as as women, who are born with very mm. different reproductive systems than a man. Like we have a womb.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That
0: was my going to be my next question as I was nicely coming on to that. What is womb healing then?
1: So womb healing can be there's many threads to it. So yeah. it's it's feminine healing. So it's it's healing your feminine energy, your it's healing some of your fears around who you are as a woman. Maybe some people think they're too much. Maybe some women think that they're not enough, which is, you know, a big one. They don't feel good enough. Um, womb healing can be learning about your menstrual cycle, learning about your fertility, um, learning about your body, the way your body moves. Yeah. It can be learning how to connect with other women. Um, and it's learning and healing what we are emotionally birthing as mm. well as you know physically birthing children. Mm. The energetics of the womb space are that we birth everything from there and we, we hold everything in the womb. We can hold pain we can hold joy, we can hold our relationships in there. It's it's like when we are nurturing a baby, Yeah, it's the same kind of thing as if we're nurturing our relationships mm. or our career or our creativity. Um, and that might be confusing for some people to get their head around, because again, we haven't been taught this, but this yeah. is an ancient practice. It goes back 2000 years. Mm. You know, women were, were doing this years ago um, they were openly sharing their womb wisdom, sharing their intuition. Their, in the UK? Um, yeah, all over the world, okay. you know, um, until the, you know, until Romans came in and decided it was, you were called a witch or it wasn't allowed, mm. um, because it was disturbing, it was disturbing the order. Right, and that had to happen, it had to happen, of course. But we're starting to wake up more, and I think we're ready for it now. I think the world is coming to a point where we're ready for this new way of being. And personally, I think that we're done playing in the shallow end, I think everybody's realized. It doesn't serve us as humans. We need connection, we need deep connection.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And we're deeper than the womb. We all spent nine months in the dark Mm. before we made it out. We We had no vision for nine months. We were in water. We didn't feed ourselves. We just relied on our mother. We were in total surrender, no control. All we had was our hearing, which is the first sense to come on. And then sound actually travels five times faster through water, so that's why sound healing is really amazing as well. We hear, we hear when we're in the womb space. So if you think about when we were growing in the womb in that dark space, that you just said, mm. uh, Jordan Peterson said, "Go in a dark room." Yeah, yeah. We were in this dark room womb for nine months, and we made it. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. made it out of the dark. And this is one thing I say to clients all the time is you did it already. You believed in yourself yeah. from being in the womb and you made it out. You're a miracle. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like from that tiny little seed. Yeah, yeah. And so it's important we start to remember where we really truly came from and, and the importance of that divine intelligence. And I think when women can learn about that and come back home to that and start learning about all their emotions and how different we are to men because we're very different yeah we can learn to accept that about ourselves and then we teach that to our children and we teach that to our partners and our family and that's that is the divine feminine she is that healer she's that
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah she's
1: that that woman who helps and we just need to learn how to do that from a really healthy nourishing space
0: very true so you know like with emotions with women's emotions like i feel like men need to know a lot as well there right yeah so how how can they learn this sort of stuff like it's because it's not really like like we were saying before not many people talk about it Mm -hmm. i know you do a few things so like how do women even begin to think to do this, right? I guess we just need to spread the message a lot more. Yeah. And just talk about it.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what it is. It's, I think, you know, as I was driving here today, I was like, what is my intention for today? What is, what's the purpose? Because there are so many things that come yeah, into yeah. this. Because in modern day world, we, and as as a normal human being, I want to be seen and heard. And yeah. being seen and heard for me is really important in all of my relationships. yeah, I know that deeply being seen and heard is something that makes me feel very safe. And then on the other side of that, it's really spreading the message out for women to feel safe as well, to be seen and heard in all that they are. Yeah. So again, when it comes back to our society, what we've been taught as women is that we should be like men. Mm. And men think we should be like them. Mm. And there's no one's fault.
2: Mm. It's
1: not a man's fault that he thinks you're like him. Because from school, we're all taught that we're the same. And we're very equal, definitely equal. But we're biologically not the same.
0: Very different, right?
1: So different. You guys have one cycle every day, like the sun. Yeah. So you rise and you set. Mm. You're more consistent. You have more energy consistently through the month. Okay. That's just generally what you do. Um, so
0: throughout the day, guys have more energy, yeah?
1: Yeah, and you're more consistent.
0: Throughout the month?
1: Yeah, throughout, yeah, every day. You're just more consistent. Yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah. You're more logical. You have a hunter vision. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're more logical. There's a really amazing lady called Alison Armstrong who okay. speaks about this so well. Mm. Um, I've learned a lot from her about men and women. Okay. And she says, men have hunter vision, women have a scanner vision.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So she says to the women, when your husband can't find the car keys, he's not trying to wind you up. Like, he's not doing it on purpose. He, j- he can't find them.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, he might be like, babes, where's where's the car keys or where's this thing and he's running over the house and then she just goes straight to it (laughs) and women like how they get frustrated Mm. but what they don't know biologically is men have hunter women have scanner which means women can scan the room we know where things are Mm. men don't okay you know and it's also the same with emotions. She says this one thing that I'll never forget. She said, you know when you're like cooking on the stove yeah, yeah. and you've got a pan that's like, um, the pan is hasn't got any holes and it. it's like one of those really sturdy like wok pans. Yeah, she said, that's like a man, <laughs> right? <laughs> and she says, and women are like the sieve with all the holes in, you know, the pasta drainer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and she says that when you give a man a compliment mm. and you pour it into the pan,
2: mm.
1: oh, it stays. And that one compliment or that one thing that feeds him can last up to about two weeks.
3: Wow,
0: one compliment.
1: One compliment. Women two need compliments. To compliment men more than <laughs> yeah. Women, did you know we've got the sieve, right? Five a day. No, <laughs> literally, we need like quadruple the amount <laughs> because it just sits through. That's why, mm. that's why women can be like, it's not complimenting me enough. And then they don't compliment a man enough. Mm-hmm. It's like these simple things that we don't know because we haven't been taught that really. could really help relationships. True. In general.
0: But do you think th- that's easy these days, though? I guess you just have to be a bit more intentional, right?
1: Yeah, you just gotta learn. You just yeah. you've gotta learn about the biology as well. Mm. Because as soon as women can start to understand and accept that they're multifaceted, which means they have many different personalities, which is why we're so up and down.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's not because we're crazy or we need to get locked up and go put in yeah, you know yeah, yeah. a crazy, you know, place or whatever they used to call them which a lot of women were Mm. a lot of women were and you know being a woman that's what it comes with Mm. so you've got to start to learn what being a woman is and being a woman is having a lot of emotions at many different times at many different phases of the the month which is why the menstrual cycle is a divine golden map Mm. because we have four different personalities in the four weeks wow because our emotions and our hormones change so much that even the week before the bleed which is the juan phase yeah every man knows about the juan phase yeah the period phase right just the week before yeah just the week before where the man is like i'm getting out of her way yeah yeah getting out of her way this week i I know
0: so many men that that think like
3: that yeah
1: yeah she's angry whatever and she is, she's just all over the place this week. I need to get out the way. And the woman will be like, get out the way. Yeah. Like she will physically be like, leave me alone. But then deep down, she doesn't want to be left alone.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: She wants to
1: be taken care of. Yeah. But we're not again taught to accept the help and care in mm. the time that we need, because we've been taught it's wrong to mm. be emotional, especially on that week. Our hormones change so much it disconnects us from our brain, literally. Wow. So we can be very irrational. We can get angry. We can get very emotional. It's the time where all of our stuff is coming up. And if a woman is ignoring that, or she doesn't know how to deal with that, or she's acting out through the emotions because she's unable to understand where they're coming from, yeah. then, of course, it's going to create that tension in the relationship
3: yeah yeah yeah
1: and what i say to clients who are in relationships are that this is the time where you've got to ask for what you need from your partner Mm. and you've also got to recognize him throughout your phases of your cycle because for example when we're full of energy in our summer week for example we can be really hard on our partners in terms of we don't need them for anything we can be very cold our compassion can drop a lot so we have to recognize that in ourselves in that week and that week will be where your partner tends to perhaps be like oh i've I've hurt my knee or i'm feeling unwell and he wants the attention he just wants love as well yeah yeah And in that week where the woman is in this, like, um, really beautiful, energetic stage, she's not recognizing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not wired in that part of our cycle to do that. We're not really being compassionate or recognizing the partner. Mm. But if we do and we make a conscious effort to, we fill him up. Because we've got the extra energy to give in that week. Yeah, yeah. We are overpouring. So if we can fill him up in that week, then the next week when it comes to the due on phase, guess who's filled up enough to look after us? The man. The man.
0: Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Yeah. And the way you eloquently put that there as well. So what, what week is that, though, in the month, though?
1: So you have the four phases. Yeah. So the first, the first phase is your bleed phase, mm-hmm. the womb woman. It's where you're, you should be not really doing anything. This is where asking for help to look after the kids, or you know, if you're lucky to, to work for yourself, it's like limiting your work amount. Yeah. If you are going to work, it's just taking those regular breaks, making sure you get to bed an hour earlier, things like that. Then you've got your second phase, which is your spring week. And that is where you just rebirth in again. So, this can be quite confusing for a woman at this stage because everything's quite heightened. She's very delicate. But in this phase, it's really nice because she's quite sensitive and quite delicate and cute and flirty. And she can work with her partner in that week to sort of, yeah, have that nice, like. Like spring feeling, you know, like yeah. nice, Like now, like we're coming into spring and we're like, oh, it feels so good. Yeah. Then you've got your summer week, which is the week where it's also traditionally the full moon. Okay. So she's in her fullness. She's in her brightness. She can, she's like a superwoman. Right. She's got the kids done. She's got the washing done. Everything's getting done. <laughs> nothing's really phasing her. Nothing's annoying her.
0: So that's the week men need to ask if they need to go on a men's holiday, right? No, no, this is
1: the week where men are going to feel a little bit neglected.
0: Okay, okay.
1: And she probably won't recognise him very much Mm. because she's embracing this full energy that she's got because we only have it about 12 days of the month. We drop to nearly 40%. Then it's the week after where she's got to learn to ask for help and a hug, or just, I'm feeling really emotional, you don't have to do anything but just hold me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I just want a hug, or...
0: Something simple, right?
1: So simple, like, please, can you just massage my back, or...
0: Yeah, yeah. Order a yeah. delivery. <laughs>
1: or order some food for me, or just, like, yeah, just please run me a bath when I get home from work. Yeah,
0: little, I think it's the little things, right? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: and men, men need to be needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had to learn this, this has not come natural to me. I didn't ever feel like I ever needed a man.
2: Mm. But
1: since the journey and then now my menstrual cycle, I know exactly who I am on each phase of my cycle. I accept myself. I'm not like, oh, but as a woman, we've got to do this and we have this to do and this to think about. Yeah, yeah. We've got to embrace what we've been given. (laughs) Otherwise we're just wasting our life away, aren't we?
0: Definitely. We've got to embrace who we are first and then, you know, learn about these phases in life because I think yeah. it'll help so many relationships.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: I don't even know what the stats are, but probably that's a big reason why so many relationships probably fail.
1: Yeah, I think also from that, it's the men learning that we can't go to the gym every morning like you do.
2: Mm. Our body doesn't
1: work like that. We can't do the things that you do. You know, I'm not taking away from successful women or entrepreneurs or women who are, working really hard but
2: yeah.
1: with our lack of energy through our menstrual phase men are more consistent mm. you know and we're still learning as a female species i think to know how to hold success or money and things like that in certain ways it's very new for us yeah, 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 yeah very yeah. very new to even receive mm. money you know, and really? sit in any type of success. As if you're going back even my nan's age, like 90 years ago, 100 years ago, yeah, it but was mainly the men that were working. The men
0: were doing everything, wasn't it?
1: So women have got to realize this is really new for us. And men have also got to realize this is a new world for women to be living in. Receiving this is different for us. Yeah. So we're still figuring it out as well. But I think until we figure it out, You can't vocalise it to to men. Yeah. You know, and if we don't understand, men sure sure aren't going to understand.
0: News channels, turn them off. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you didn't always have fascination with what you're doing, right? It started somewhere, because I can see that when you're speaking, like you're truly, really passionate about Mm -hmm. what you do. And I know that you will get even further than what you are. But where did it come from? At what age?
1: Oh, this is such a great question. I've been thinking about this so much recently. Because
0: um, there was some point in your life where it was just... Yeah. started turning, innit?
1: Yeah. So when I was super young, I'm going back probably even as far as four. Mm. I had things happen. I had a near-death experience when I was about four.
0: You had a what experience? A
1: near-death experience. A shed fell on me and my mum... You know, you hear of those stories where women get this power from somewhere to save their ch- children. Mm. My mum lifted a shed off me. I was stuck between a shed and a fence.
0: What, in your back garden? Yeah. How did a shed fall on you? I don't know. What were you doing?
1: I, was, I think I was playing around the back. Yeah. Um, One of
0: them, like, like greenhouse type of a shed? or
1: A full shed. Like a full wooden shed, and my mom to this day is like, I don't know how I managed to get that shed off you, yeah. but I did.
0: And hell. And motherhood, then... isn't it? motherhood instinct kicks in, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, and as I've like looked back at childhood, I think these experiences from a young age they must sort of give you some kind of I don't know different ap- approach or perspective from young. Mm. I also got stung by a bee right here on my throat. It landed directly on my throat, stung, and it blocked my air pipe. I couldn't breathe. Oh my
0: God, I got stung by a bee as well one time. <laughs> that was
2: horrible. It's
1: traumatic. You've no, got to do the work on it.
2: That's
1: horrible. <laughs> um, I couldn't breathe. Flipping out. No one knew what to do. But mm. I had a, we had a nurse who lived next door. Mm. and she was able to help and then i got rushed to hospital because my throat had swelled i couldn't breathe mm. so that was another kind of strange moment a moment um all when
0: you was like in the year young be- before so this, 10
1: yeah so th- oh yeah this was i was very young i was like f- about four Something four or five and yeah, then yeah. um I moved to I moved to a different city. I moved from Birmingham to Leicester. Okay. It was then where I was living in a house, and I started to sense like spirits in the house. Um, and I would say to my mom, "I can hear that upstairs, you know, and you know certain things." But they would just.
0: But well, how old were you this time?
1: So I moved there when I was five.
0: And at that age, you were telling your mom that.
1: Yeah, I was telling my mom that at that age, and I spent a lot of time in the woodlands because I lived quite out of the way. Hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time on my own in the forest, um, which was opposite my house.: Okay. And now I look back, I feel like I would probably talk to the different forest signs. I mean, I do this now. But from a young age, I picked up on how to connect to the land.
0: Okay, nature, with nature. Yeah. Okay.
1: And also water. Um, And so, yeah, and then I experienced with my childhood, I experienced different forms of abuse. And I think it opens you up to prayer. So I used to pray every night, you know. I used to just pray every single night that I'd be safe, that my mom would be safe that my family would be safe and i also grew up with um, a sister who wasn't well um, she had cystic fibrosis so she was in and out of hospital once every couple of months and every time she went in we didn't know if she was coming home because you so know the
0: pressure right
1: yeah i mean the pressure from my mom and you know caregiver at the time her dad i understand why now there was things that happened mm. when I was younger, the, the forms of abuse, I understand all of the different sides of the, you know, the perspectives and I've done a lot, a lot of work on what I had to witness and, you know, different things I experienced. Um, but I also had a very abundant childhood. So it came with so many different realms of pleasure and pain. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, with my sister having that, you you learn to, well, I learned to cope with that by again, prayer and something that was, I couldn't explain because yeah. we never knew if she was coming home. So there was part of me as well that was like in fight or flight response a lot of my childhood. Um, and I had to learn how to pick up on people's energy because Because of what I saw and what I was experiencing, I had to read the room. I had to read people. I had to learn how to pick up on what was perhaps going to happen or not happen. So I was always being really alert of someone's energy, if that makes sense. That's
0: interesting. That Yeah. That is is a skill many people don't have. That is such a good skill. And that will take you so far in life. Yeah. So you started basically learning how to just be a bit more others awareness.
1: Oh yeah. I had to be. It's it, otherwise I wouldn't have thought I would survive. It was it was a surviving mechanism, right? I had to learn if he I had to learn his his emotional behaviors. Yeah. Because otherwise I wouldn't know whether or not to you know you know what to do if something had happened, or if he was going to switch that day. Yeah. So from a young age, yeah, I definitely was able to tap into the people around me, um, picking up on the the energy of people. And um, there was eight of us at the house, so there was a lot of us. Siblings. Uh, total. So there was there were six children, and and uh, my mom and um, her boyfriend.
0: Do you want to dive into that seco. abuse a little bit, or?
1: Yeah, I don't mind, you know, saying about it, you know, there was, there was different forms, um, religious abuse, there was, you know, I saw my mom really hurt, there was a lot of violence, um, there was a lot of alcohol abuse, um, mental abuse, financial abuse, it was just one of those things, I guess, and... It took me a long time because there was one incident where I had to choose myself. And I remember it vividly. And I, I remember I had, it was only me and my brother in at the time, but I put my brother in the room, said, you know, push the bed to the door mm. because, you know, this is how you're, you're gonna be safe. I've got to go and sort this out. I've got to go and see if like mom's okay. So I had to like build that strength up to go. And when I saw it, it was the worst I'd ever seen her. And then I saw him and this energy thing I saw in his his eyes. And in that moment, I had to make a decision whether or not to fight or leave the house and try and get help. Mm. And I left my mom and brother. I genuinely thought that it was done. Um, I genuinely thought that I was perhaps leaving leaving my mom and brother and something so bad was gonna happen that I wouldn't see them again. Um, I tried to get help and I, there was four passers by that wouldn't help. It's really strange because in those situations, people are like, why don't you just call the police? And it's really difficult to because you don't know if it's gonna make it worse. Is some kind of, there's some kind of block there with mm. people, um, but I rang my friend instead and her parents rang the police. And my mom and brother were, you know, alive. So that's, that's good. Um, but that was, a really, that was a really difficult moment because I carried a lot of guilt for a very long time that I chose myself. Um, And I had to do a lot of therapy and a lot of healing work around around that. And also not trusting people because I'd asked for help of these people and they didn't give me help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, developing coping mechanisms Mm
3: -hmm. from
1: that moment on, I don't need anyone's help. I've got to do this myself. Yeah. No one's going to help me. You know, so you kind of, when you dive into your childhood and you do your childhood trauma healing, yeah. you start to realize as, an, as a young adult and as an adult where those parts of your personality have, have, have been a huge part of your life and the decisions you make. Yeah. Um, and I know for me, it was you know, hugely down to that. You know, other than those traumatic experiences, I had a great childhood. I had access to the forest. I had a lovely home. Um, I went abroad. Um, I always had clothes, you know. Um, I had a bit of abuse around food. Um, I was, at one point, we were only allowed to eat at certain times. There was a lock on the kitchen door. So a lot of my food habits have come from um, that situation, which I've had to do a lot of work on. Mm. Um, Food is very linked to money how we were fed as a child can be very linked to our finances. Um, How much we consume, how much we hold, how much we give away, if we like to share our food, if we like, you know, there's loads to it. So, you know, it's been very colorful, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And I love, you know, my mom. I think she's the most amazing, strong woman I've, I could ever have asked for a mom, like anyone mm. any better than her. Um, my dad is amazing as well. And you know, my, my caregiver, he, he's still a great guy. Like I still love him. I'll always love him, you know? It's, there was a lot of different pressures going on and finding forgiveness took a long time. Mm. But even just me finding forgiveness, it sort of set everyone free.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, and it most certainly set me free. Um yeah, yeah. and so that's yeah, that's kind of how that all played out. So I guess my intuition and my abilities to empathize with people, to have compassion non judgment is very much linked to my childhood as well.
0: Mm. So what's your relationship? I know you said your relationship is like healed now with Yeah. But did that take a long time? Did you have to, like, literally sit down and speak with him and and your mum and go through these conversations, difficult ones?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of crying, a lot of everything. Yeah. How many years did that take?
1: Um, About six.
3: Wow.
0: And okay. it
1: still goes on. Like, I still have to have uncomfortable conversations with my mum all the time. Mm. I still have to have uncomfortable conversations with my siblings and... You know, as you know on the on the um phone call we had my uh, my sister passed away four years ago so and she didn't pass away of what she was sick with. She got a brain tumor um, mm. so that was even more confusing because we all thought she would pass away from the c f but it was um the brain tumor that took her life. Um, I see her in my life as like an angel because. I think when she passed away,
0: younger sister.
1: She was older. Okay. Yeah, when she passed away, she the the grief it took us all, it took us all back to the childhood experiences. I think because we were, we all then had to see each other at the funeral, and we all had to come back together, and we'd all separated for so long. Um, what I did was I ran away. It was, I just wanted out, like, I wanna go to uni. I don't, I don't ever want anything to do with anyone. So, mm. you know, coming back to healing that again was quite difficult, because when my sister passed, there was part of me that felt guilty for wanting to get away so fast. Um, but we, we were good, we were really good. And mm. I'm still good with my stepsisters now, my half-brother, and um, yeah, it's been like a miracle, but I think I had to do that work. I had to be the one who was like, this has got to be addressed. And yeah. we've got to do something because I, I want my relationship with my mom. Mm. I'd, you know, it's all they ever really dreamt of and now we have it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's taken work from both, both sides. Yeah. Um, but yeah it, she's amazing
0: yeah yeah well that's at least you know where you are today you've come a lot more yeah. so far right mm. interesting so do you uh, have you have you read any books do yeah. you read books yes do you read them regularly now as well or? yes tell me some of the books that you've read
1: oh um. and what's
0: your like program with books do you actually is it like i'm going to read one in a year or is it like no i'm definitely gonna read two or three this year how, how oh, do you do okay. it
1: um no i don't i don't set a goal okay um i read every night before i sleep
0: just like one or two pages
1: so yeah like a chapter it depends how tired i am but i always make sure that's in my routine like before i sleep i read my book like no yeah. phones my book at the moment i'm reading again i'm reading um the power of now which is a really great book it's about the mind and the ego and Come coming into the present moment. Um I've read it. This is the second time I've read it. Really? It's really good. Um gosh, there's so many books. What's I've the read. first
0: book you ever read?
1: Oh. oh, Raise Your Vibration from Kyle Gray. Okay. Like when I was when I was really depressed, and I didn't want to be here. So I was twenty about twenty-seven when mm. I read that. Um I was at that really low point in my life where I was mm. like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to live. Like, there was, I didn't know who I was. I'd lost everything. Um, I read that book, and it definitely changed everything for me. It's a really powerful, simple book. He, he works with the angel guide, so I'm really not surprised I was kind of drawn to that. And I think it was actually my mom that bought that for me. Really, yeah, I it's think, so
0: important to read books, isn't it?
1: yeah, yeah, it's a great book, yeah, very easy gets you into like a nice spiritual flow, nothing too deep, but just nice natural spiritual flow, yeah, and then from there, I just yeah went into the the kind of deeper stuff I'm reading um I'm reading one now as well as the the power of now, um And it's the uh, Mary Magdalene book. Um, It's based on her gospel, but it's translated. And it's so powerful. It's amazing. I write as I go along so I can translate it in my own way and understand it and feel into it. Yeah.
0: You should write a book. Have you thought about that?
1: <laughs> I have thought about it. Well, yeah.
0: have you just thought about it or are you going to actually do it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, like there's, there's, a, there's a few things going on here because I'm like, where do I start? And I, I spoke to this one, one lady that I read her book. Yeah. And it was, it's a book called Pussy, A Reclamation. And I really, really recommend men and women buy that book. What's it called? Pussy, A Reclamation.
0: We'll put it up on... As you say that, we'll put so it So good. Yeah? <laughs>
1: yeah. It's about really reclaiming um, yourself as a woman in that way, your sexuality. And I messaged her and I was like, I love your book so much. Thank you. Like, it's just so good.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I said, can... I don't know if you're going to respond to me. I don't know if you're even going to see this, but do you have any advice on writing one? Yeah. And she was just like... I wrote that when I got up in the morning. I set two hours aside and I just wrote. And she was like, if you don't know where to start, just start.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, well, I'm currently writing one now. So are you? If you want help with that, I'll, show, I'll tell you exactly what to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Easy. I think sure. it's one of
1: them things, isn't it? It's like, well, where do I start and who's going to read this? Yeah,
0: yeah, everyone. Trust me, <laughs> like... people are going to read it. And, and you know what it is with books as well? It's so important that... Once you do like a hard copy, you can do an audio, mm. then you can do it um, on an e-book. Then you can yeah. do then you can do it in different countries, different languages.
1: Wow, yeah. See, you know? this is where your logical perspective yeah. comes in, yeah, yeah. As, a, as a man. I'm just you... thinking
0: from, from a business angle.
1: From
0: a business angle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, we'll help you with that if you need help. Oh. So how do you make money?
1: Okay, <laughs> I'm currently making money. Um,
0: yeah, how do you make money?
1: I have my website online, which has meditations to download, um, online courses. I do one-to-ones with women. I do group sessions. Um, I do corporate meditations with corporate companies. Um, and I do group courses online and face-to-face. And then I also make aura sprays and oils
0: them oils yes yeah yeah yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. and i then have my old company which i'm closing down now but it's it's just like in the last phase of, of going so but it is a stream of income that's it's sort of there still
3: yeah
1: yeah um so yeah that's predominantly how i make money is just through yeah just through my spiritual teachings
0: and I guess that's your calling as well, right? And you're oh, passionate yeah. about it. So.
1: Yeah, and it's, I was speaking to my dad about this today because I always lean in sometimes to my old job because I made so much money.
2: What, no, in your old job?
1: Yeah, with my swimwear company. I didn't even have to worry, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it, but it wasn't serving me from a soulful level. It wasn't making me happy. Yeah, yeah. I'd created something that I thought I needed, but actually I was really sad in it. Um, mm. And I couldn't ignore that, and I still can't ignore that. If something feels to me like it's leading me to burnout or it's leading me to make decisions purely based on money, then mm. I reevaluate my purpose for it. Okay. Um, and so as long as my purpose is coming from like heart-led leadership not from the the ego mind then i know that that will serve me finance and serve my soul yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah. interesting you know so how do you do you invest your money as well
1: not right now only back into myself okay at the moment yeah so if i've made money i've had to do courses and i've you know, I've had to times, become more, right? To yeah, and I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands on yeah. healing wow. and therapy, on different healing modalities, seeing different people. Had a lot to heal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of buying clothes or going on holiday, like I've been on holiday once in the past. Uh, we're coming up to yeah, nearly four years. Wow. So
0: just before COVID.
1: Yeah. Yes, mm. I've been away once for one week. So, I've invested my money in coaching programs and healing programs and mentors and learning. That's um, what it's all
0: about, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You just focused, Grace. You just focused. Yeah, right?
1: and like, you know, have to have had to change. You know, it's not about like buying the expensive shoes. Yep. Um, I've had to like, I don't get my nails done anymore. I don't have to not dye my hair because I literally didn't have the money to go and get my hair done or my mm. nails done and it was like well what what do I want to invest my money in it was just me because if I didn't yeah it wouldn't change so yeah it's it's been a journey it's been really hard at times of course yeah um but it's good I've got good support so that's the main thing
0: okay so tell me about your babe station days and what did you learn about men? hey youtube i'm really sorry to cut you off but i have to share this with you i want you to get to your next level and i believe that personal development is the gateway to success so what i've done is i've gone and created a seven day free audio course this is totally free all you have to do is sign up and from day one till day seven every single day you will receive a two minute audio from me which will elevate your mindset and give you power in your business make sure you go and sign up and let me let me know how you find it.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when I first started Babestation. Mm.
0: When was this anyway? What year was, was this? Because Babestation um, is dead now, isn't it? Or is it still out there? I
1: think it still goes. Is it? I'm not sure. Maybe
0: in different countries, right? Or maybe even, I don't know.
1: I think it still goes on here, maybe online a bit more.
0: Okay, or maybe OnlyFans has just took over, right?
1: Yeah, probably. Mm. Things are more virtual online and stuff, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I was about 22. or mm. just turned 22. I was working for a modelling agency in London. So I went to uni and I studied sociology and criminology. I wanted to be a probation officer.
0: <laughs> probation officer?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I used to hate them. <laughs> 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 uh, um,
1: yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to be a probation officer. When I was about 16, mm. I was like, I either want to go into theatre mm. and I want to act at, like, Broadway. Mm. Like, I always had this, like, vision to sing and dance
2: yeah.
1: or help people. Yeah, yeah. And I had this thing about wanting to help criminals. <gasps> like, it was... Maybe it was for my upbringing. I don't actually know. I haven't actually... Mm. thought about this to too much depth. But somebody asked me this the other day as well.
0: Because you've seen so much, didn't you? But it yeah. It could have been like a
1: little connection, right? There must have been something mm. that I wanted to try and help criminals get better. So maybe it was because they didn't hurt anyone else going mm. forward, like how I was hurt or something like that. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So no jobs. There was no jobs. We hit the recession, didn't we? In was it 2008 yeah yeah 2008 so there was no jobs
2: Hmm.
1: so i was in london and i was just like a young 20 odd year old um traveling i'd use like my student loan money to go on holiday (laughs) you know what it was like and um get on the wrong social scenes but it was fun And I ended up modelling and I was with one modeling agency. And anyway, the magazines and stuff started going and they everything started going online. And the agency said to me and a handful of the girls that there was babe station available for us, which was really good money. We choose our own hours. Um, it was no no filthy or dirty talk. It was daytime, so yeah. You know, you couldn't speak dirty, you were fully dressed, but the money was still great. And if we didn't go, we would have to leave the modeling agency. So in effect, we were blackmailed. They knew our position. They knew we were all young, living in London. We had bills to pay. Um, So I do think they took advantage of that. And Mm. I I do think how they did it wasn't good. I know some of the other girls also felt that way who haven't spoken up about it since.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We went there, a few of us, and I was on the daytimes for about two years. Got regular callers. It was just regular good money. And then I met um, a partner and he supported it as well. And he, yeah, he was fine with it. He understood it was just clean chat. Mm. And then I wanted out, so I did have a plan. I was like, I don't want to be in this forever. I need a plan. Mm. My plan was to start the swimwear company up. Saved my money. I was really careful when I worked there. I didn't drink or like take drugs or any of that. I kind of had that plan, and that was what I was sticking to.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I saw a lot there through, you know. At baby station. Yeah, I saw a lot. Like ones. what? It was a because it was a porn. It was a you know a. a a porn website too that I saw it getting filmed.
0: Okay, so like people having sex and that? Yeah. Okay. yeah so yeah. I
1: was exposed to all of that quite young and I didn't judge or anything. It was just, it was what it was. I think I did one of the porn stars makeup at some point, you mm. know? And so I was exposed to different kind of things, different types of people behind the scenes of it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, what it looks like. I, I experienced the emotional effects it had on the girls, the women. Had a lot of girls who would come to me to confine in me about things um eventually I went on to the night times so I did tell my partner he wasn't you know greatly happy about it but I was like it's gonna be for this amount of time and then I'll leave because I'll I'll have the finance I
0: guess you were just doing it for money right so totally yeah yeah yeah
1: it was a, it was totally money driven because that's Definitely. the only opportunity
0: you could see so, yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. and there was sisterhood. We were like a little sisterhood. We, we, even though we were in competition on the channel, like behind it, we were all-
0: st- Little gangs. Yeah, <laughs> little and gang it gang. was nice to yeah, be yeah, around yeah.
1: women that just were so open and free about their sexuality. And they, you know, they were in it. Obviously there were times where it was difficult for some of them. And like I said, I was there to confine in a lot of them. Mm. So when I first started the nights, I was just presenting. I wasn't on the beds. Okay. So I was presenting to get callers to call the girl on the bed. Mm. And then it kind of went on the beds and I did nights. I couldn't hold the calls like I could hold on the daytimes. I just, I it just wasn't as good at it as the other girls were. Um, and I didn't want to drink or anything like that to make me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go into it so much.
0: You couldn't couldn't fake it though. Yeah? That's yeah, amazing, yeah, so
1: we had physical training once a month on how to interact with the men. We I could I could know by the first sentence a man said on the phone like what he was into. Yeah. yeah okay. So we were trained in, like... I
0: guess it's probably skills you need in life at some point, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, we'd have one caller and then, like, 40 people listening. So, you know, it wouldn't just be this one man you're speaking to. You had to keep the others on hold. You had to keep them wanting to listen to this conversation.
0: It's about keeping that momentum going yeah. through 40
1: people. Yeah, so we... It's not only just pleasing this one guy. We had to make sure the conversation was also, like widespread so the other men were enjoying the conversation.
2: Mm.
1: So there was loads of things going on, right? But we were trained in that. So yeah. obviously we just learned how to, yeah, how to do it. Interesting. Um, we were trained in like dominatrix and different ways of that. So we had a lot of psychological training. They would train us on like what types of men would be more into that kind of thing why so we could understand them on a deeper level mm. so it was quite nice actually because to know what the the reasons behind why that may have been what he was into and why was good because there was no judgment that there was just a a wider perspective on what he wanted right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i learned a lot about men in terms of obviously how how amazing their imaginations are, (laughs) for one. It was like, wow, actually, they can really imagine things. They can get really creative. Yeah. And so that was quite a nice insight to how men are. Mm. Obviously, on the flip side, some were really rude and really crude, and you just wanted to tell them, like, F off, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're doing a job at the end of the day, and there's no restriction on how they can or cannot speak to you, so that's the point where you learn to numb yourself. And I think that's the point where I started to learn how to numb my emotions off even more with men. Yeah. Because I had to for the job. Mm. Um I couldn't take anything they said personally. I couldn't take anything outside of work what people said about me behind my back or you know even online trolling and things like that that I got. So there was a lot of me having to numb that out again another like coping mechanism
0: yeah so you were going against your natural abilities
2: right
1: yeah totally i think a lot of women do Mm. i think a lot of men do you know i just don't think we learn how to safely connect with our emotions it feels very unsafe at times Mm. um so yeah, there was those are great things I learned about men, about women, about sex, about my sexuality, about bodies, about movement, about different fantasies and different realms of pleasure and I learned that from a young age so yeah it's it's been really interesting on the healing journey of that I've had to heal a lot of shame and a lot of guilt mm. um, a lot of like the trolling and things like that but I'm totally past that now. It's something that I, you know, I, I actually love speaking about. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: On the back of Babe Station, so do you believe watching porn is a little healthy in a relationship, or do you believe that it's killing sex in relationships? Okay. What's your thoughts Let me just on porn? Take
1: a breath. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure that I process
0: the question Mm -hmm. i think more people need to do that when a question gets asked just generally life just process it Mm. right
1: yeah especially because this is this is so big for men Mm. it's big for women this is i I did an instagram live with a man
0: oh did you
1: mm, with a man called alan He's a men's coach and he helps men with like porn addiction and You know, things like that. I mean, just one one thread of his amazing, like, teaching. But we had a full conversation on self-pleasure and this being one of the the subjects that came up. And even though I was in the porn industry, so I understand how it works and the money that can be made. Yeah. I also understand how deeply damaging it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm talking from a general point of view.
1: Yeah, on so many levels because... When I was, so when I was doing like my, my sex healing, so I went on a sexual healing journey, I was celibate for three and a half years Mm. and I had to really start to relearn and repattern and kind of readjust my belief system to sex, self-pleasure, porn, whatever it was. At one point I was, there was nothing going on for me. Like I was actually scared at one point because... I was like, I don't want this to open up some something like Pandora's box where I'm gonna have to like go into this deeper. But I did eventually have to do that. I had to face it, and things did come up from childhood and from my early twenties of sexual experiences I'd had, and you know, certain things that I'd, you know had happened to me. Mm. When it comes to, I'm gonna say for women people who identify as a woman. The one really powerful technique I did was I watched it from a conscious point of view on my own and I looked at what I was choosing to watch.
2: Mm.
1: And I placed myself as the woman and I asked myself, how does she feel right now? When you're
0: watching porn, yeah? Yeah,
1: I watched it from a conscious level, so not from a self-pleasure. I consciously watched it so I could heal around what this what this was, what I was yeah, yeah. bonding with in the video. Mm. Because it's the bonding that you're kind of looking at. It's this something deeper going on? Mm. Even if it's not that deep on the outside, there is something drawing you to yep. porn or that particular kind of porn that you're watching. And there's no right or wrong and no judgment, by the way. So I, I asked myself, what does she feel like right now Was mm. no right or wrong. And I just wrote down what I thought this woman was feeling like. And there was so much that came up. There was like, that she's being used, that she's not enjoying it, that she's just gonna be left afterwards, that the men don't care for her, that they're just like treating her bad, um, that she's performing for them. It's not actually what she wants to do. Mm um she's not herself i felt really sad for her but that was me so when you ask something like that you're asking really what would you feel like if that was you
2: hmm.
1: and so when i saw it from that perspective i actually thought well was I watching it because I was getting some kind of attachment to how she felt because that's how I was feeling, if that makes sense? Mm. And was it truly satisfying me watching it like on a on a really good, satisfying level, or was I feeling depleted after I'd watched it yeah. with a partner or on my own? Was that truly forf- fulfilling my sexual needs and like really making my cup full? Like how long does the orgasm go on for? Yeah. Like, when does it stop? How long can you carry on for? You know, is there any point that you want to stop because you don't want to do it anymore? There's so many things we can dive into, but as a woman, we also look at the woman's body. We also look at, um, you know, her figure, her performance, can I do that? Is that what men really want? And so I think women watching it can get a false perception of what they truly like. What you, what you truly like as a woman, because are you performing in the bedroom because of what you've been celebrated on or because of what your partner likes to watch on porn? Mm. Or are you both leaning in to what you truly both want and need? And I think porn can be really fast. it's like fast food, and it can be damaging on so many levels. I don't watch it, and I wouldn't recommend anyone on a healing journey to watch it. I would recommend taking it out totally and starting to, again to come back to self It's a whole pattern you've got to relearn again mm. you know we've you know I know men watch it or read it from young and um I know that women didn't really so much when we were younger, I know for me it wasn't that. I explored on my own. Um, and so I think men as well, they it's it's kind of implanted in them from very young. So I don't blame men for having also this idea of what sex should be and getting bored with women, yeah, and moving on to the next one because that's how fast porn is. You can just go, okay, I'll move on to the next one because that one isn't satisfying me.
0: True, yeah, I, I think we're both in agreement with that. I think porn is just pff, bad. Stay away from it. Yeah, it's not real, is it? So it's just it's a fake version of you know whatever it is. So
1: and it's it can it can be an addiction.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's so well put. You like fast food, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so true. So, this is a really interesting question. So, how many different types of orgasms are there? I think this question is for women. Yeah. And men, probably, but mainly women.
1: Um, so, I'm still very much on, like, the journey of pleasure. Yeah. Um, and the realms of pleasure that a woman can reach. And it's, it's also very much linked to how she believes she... Is able to hold, like the way I see it is, is what capacity can a woman hold things in in pleasure? So I don't know how many types of orgasms there is in specific, yeah, but I do know that we have clitoral stimulation, we have like we can we can orgasm through the cervix, and there's something called an A spot, and I think there's something called like an E spot.
0: What is an A spot? What is it? we all know what a G spot is, right? Everyone knows that.
1: Yeah. So, I don't. I don't actually know like, okay. that full answer to this question. But I know there is different parts of like there's different parts of this that you can explore to get different types of orgasms. Yeah. The one thing I've learned in this is it's all about how you can relax and how you can trust and surrender into the moment. Um, women find it hard to orgasm and feel fulfilled because on some level they are not truly trusting. Um, gosh, it's, there's so many layers to it because it usually comes down to a lot about your, how you feel about yourself internally yeah. and, and, and outside and your experiences that you've had in the past. Um, and also the expectations of yourself. So again, it's not like having an outcome of, I have to reach this really big orgasm and then mm. he's going to be happy or I'm going to be happy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually about ex- going on the journey. Again,
0: it's going on the journey, finding out, right?
1: It's the journey. That's the most important part. It doesn't have to end in a certain way. Mm. But for me, it's about also exploring... Going slow, like going really slow, like a gamer in this fast paced world. It's like quick fixes, next one, onto the next thing, onto the next thing. How about just
0: slow down? Slow down, yeah, just connect the energy, right? Or something,
1: yeah, like slow down and communicate, mm. learn what you like rather than what you think this man is gonna like. Like, speak up,
3: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: you know, like, don't just say yes because he likes it, Mm. especially not straight away. That's where you start resenting him. That's where you start feeling unfulfilled and feeling used (laughs) because women aren't speaking up and they don't truly know what they want because, again, like I said before, we've actually learnt what we want by either watching porn and mainly based on what we think a man wants. Yeah. Not truly what we want. That can expand, right? Like, throughout a, re- a safe relationship. Like, it has to be safe. Yeah. That's why casual sex is really difficult for a woman. Because statistically, it creates a woman to disattach from herself. Sex automatically attaches her to a man. And also, more women statistically get depressed mm. if they're having casual sex.
0: Like, the more they're having it.
1: Just in general, I mean, if it's just casual, it's just not a natural, it's just not something that's natural to us. Mm. You know, you can cut your emotions off, but again, you're cutting yourself off from your divine feminine flow. Which know? means
0: then you're going to have to go around the, the route of working on yourself to heal that then, right?
1: hmm We've all been there, right? Like, yeah. I've definitely been there.
0: Yeah. So what sort of men do you date? Because I can imagine you being very... Because especially, like, speaking with you now, like, you're very expressive. Mm -hmm. You don't hold back. You've worked on yourself for, like, years. You said you've done six years of work on yourself and you've not done all that work to just... If you're feeling something, you're going to express it. I can see that, right? But isn't that, like, a little bit intimidating for men a little bit? Like, what sort of men do you go for now? Like, where are they? What level?
1: Really good question. I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um... I've changed so much, like, everything about who I was. Obviously, the core parts of me are the same. Yeah. But the way that I communicate and the way that I express and, like you said, like, my boundaries and things like that, I'm not afraid to have uncomfortable conversations. No. I'm not afraid to say what I need or if I need something. I'm not afraid to say if I'm feeling insecure at some point.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I just think if the guy knows, mm. then he's either going to help me or he's not. He's either going to stand up to it and play play that role for me in that moment. Not saying all the time, but in that moment. Um, or he's not going to be able to hold that. And um, I think it's also about l- sit, slow dating for me. It's like slow dating is so important because...
0: What's slow dating?
1: Slow dating is like... Yeah, just slow dating, like going on one date ah, take a your week. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like not sort of going fast into anything sexual. Like taking your time, mm. asking questions, leaning back, and letting him lead is going to be a really good one because so many women at some point in dating try to over control, um, and that's because they feel unsafe. And probably because it's from a past experience. Yeah, yeah. So for us to feel safe, it's like we want to over control and like put all these things across. And then we tell him what to do and then he doesn't do it. And we're like, told you so, you didn't do it or the expectations weren't there. Whereas if you just sit back, yeah, state your boundaries, be clear, be polite about it, say what you need. But then just step back, like, be slow. Is he going to lead? Yeah. If he's not able to lead, you're, you've you saved yourself a lot of time.
0: Yeah, you're just, you're playing basic human psychology there. That's good. Yeah. So take tips, girls. That's that's really good. Because <laughs> the more someone leans forward, the more you lean back, right? So.
1: Yeah, and it's not in terms of, like, You know, like, I will text back straight away. I'm not one of these people that, like, waits three days.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I prefer a phone call, so I'll always say to a guy, like, I would rather you just call me rather than text. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. If
1: I've got a man who's not... not, He doesn't feel confident enough to call me, this guy's not going to be my baby's dad.
0: No, no, no. Like,
1: he's just not. Like, he he can't even call me (laughs) to check in on me, like, once a day. And I don't need it all day. Just a nice 20-minute chat on the evening. How's my day been? Check yeah. in on me. Make sure I'm safe. Make sure I'm good. Mm. That, for me, is something that's really important, is that communication. So I think leaning back and being slow, Yeah. people reveal themselves mm. quite quickly. That's true. But women can feel like they want to over-control, and that's, that's part of the wounded feminine because mm. they're not feeling... Relax to surrender this goes back to orgasm it's the same thing when a woman wants to try and control it's it's like a forced orgasm rather than something like really natural
2: Mm.
1: it's like all sort of interlinked together
0: interesting this is why they have to understand the like you're saying that the masculine energy and the feminine energy Mm. right it's important to yeah Understand how they can control it, basically, right?
1: Yeah, just manage it. I think Mm. because if if we're if women are trying not to control, I try not to tell women that it's it's part of trying to control because then you're still controlling it.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: more like this is why meditation's so good. Yeah, come back to meditation. You're relaxing. You're Mm. giving up control because you're in the now. Yeah. And the more you can practice being in that space with yourself. The more, the more you master your emotions, yeah. the more you master your thoughts, it's a self-mastery process, the more patient you become. Yeah. Like, patience is one of the most important feminine energies to have, and it's not being a walkover or a doormat, but having patience is really resourceful mm. for a woman um, in any situation, really.
0: Interesting. So see, you know, like everything you teach here now with uh, with your healing processes and, you know, the messages that you put out there. Now, even though up here, people in UK now are, be- are becoming a little bit more loud about this. Right. Yes. Which countries in the world like this sort of stuff gets commonly spoken about and yeah. gets really like clapped and appreciated?
1: Yeah, I think. I think it depends because I have women from America as well who yeah. who join a lot of my stuff. And I think they're very much more open in all genders to having emotional conversation. I think the UK were quite reserved as a country in that way. And so I think America do seem to be a bit louder okay. about it. Um,
0: I thought you were going to say Bali.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bali is good because again, there's real Eastern traditions going on there and on the doorstep. So mm. you've, got, you've still got that really natural healing element of the, pe- the, the people that live there, the indigenous people that live there that are still bringing it to the land. Yeah. Same with like um, uh, India and um, uh, Costa Rica. Places like that, it's
0: Costa Rica, South America, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: They still, there's so many
0: retreats up there. I've heard yeah, about.
1: they still have the indigenous folk there, so they're still bringing that natural wisdom.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So of course, it's more accepted there mm. because it's still being celebrated. It hasn't it's part of their left. culture, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Whereas there isn't much of that here at all. Mm. Um, I, no, if if any, really. Yeah. You know
0: but this is where we need to get your message out a little bit more, right?
1: You know, I have a red tent, which is a red tent session, which is online. I mean, one day hopefully it will be in person, but this is a really um, ancient sort of practice and a lot of cultures use this kind of practice to bring women together and to really celebrate each other and have a safe space. It helps heal the woman wound. Yeah. Helps... um, us express safely. Um, It's a space for us to offload our burdens, um, to just be heard, to share our wisdom, to share our menstrual cycle wisdom, our emotions, our healing abilities, our psychic abilities. Um, And when I was thinking about doing it, because I hold it for free for women, I was like, I don't want to. Charge. You hold it for
0: free.
1: Yeah, I don't want to charge women for this because it wasn't. It's not something that is for that. Okay. This is bringing, you know, like you just said, this is bringing those ancient traditions back, mm. and having a safe space in the UK for that to be held. Um, and you know, red tents are so sacred. I think it was important for me to have it accessible for children and women to come and learn and also share. Yeah. And so that for me is really special because I feel like that's part of my footprint to bring those ancient teachings back and have it as a space that you don't even have to worry if you've got the money to join. Mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. it's here. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like it's it's that less pressure. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's nice. And I, I love I love holding that space. I like once every six weeks.
0: Interesting. So every six weeks you do that, right?
1: Around every six weeks. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I guess my final question is, Grace, do you have any regrets?
1: I hear this so much. Do you have regrets? And I have a really different spin on the word regret. Yeah. So, yeah, loads, loads of regrets. Because if I turn around to you and say, I don't regret anything because it made me who I am today. Which I'm, everyone says How right? many times have you heard that? <laughs> yeah, right? Which makes no it. sense. No, it doesn't. Because if you didn't regret it, yeah. you wouldn't have learned from it. Yeah. But people have this like thing that they can't admit that they regret it. Mm. Like just admit that you regret doing it. Mm-hmm. And that you learned from me. It's almost like a bypass. I feel like saying, I have no regrets because I learned from it. Mm. It's like, well, you're you're bypassing that amazing part of your journey Mm. that made you evolve and grow and learn and heal and become the person you are today. So Mm. say you regret it, but it's what I did with it Mm. that brought me here today. And by that, I'm glad Mm. that it happens that way so yeah loads of regrets of course I've made decisions and I've taken different paths that have led me down some really dark roads yeah but do I regret them no because I chose to try and learn from them even if it took me a few times and mm. I re did the same thing again and again yeah I I, I believe it was part of my journey to forgive myself, if I didn't regret it, I wouldn't have found forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, I think, you know what it is. You know, today, I feel like cause what, you've, what we've spoken about today has really, really been educational for mm-hmm. women and men. And I think, like, for a lot of people, it'll open their eyes up to a lot of things. Yeah. So, hopefully, they reach out to you because mm-hmm. I will advocate for every man and every woman <laughs> to reach out to you. And just take up what you have to offer because I don't know anyone else that's doing that, right? So, is there any final messages you want to give to the audience mm. in that in that camera? Anything could be anything, small or big. Wow.
1: Yeah, there is actually. It's. Um, do you want me to say it to this camera?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, you can say it to me. You can say it to that camera. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Let me get this let me get this in order because I think it's a really beautiful message that people should take away and just contemplate mm. or at least open their hearts and their minds both
2: yeah
1: um so as a, obviously as a spiritual teacher yeah. and really diving into the the soul of who we are one of the teachings that Mary Magdalene you know, points out and teaches as she is a divine feminine and she is also a leader, she's both. She um, is starting to teach women now with her ancient teachings and healings that are coming back that that's okay to be all of it. It's okay to be sexual, it's okay to be expressionate, it's okay to be messy, it's okay to be all of who you are. And it's also okay to, you know, sort of recognize your humanness and your soul. So she says that we are 100% human and we are 100% divine. We are souls, so we're blessed with this soul. And our human body gives the soul a chance to be here regardless of if you're female, male, um, and it's it's a lady called Megan Watterson who says this, regardless of whether you're female, male, or anywhere in the spectrum between, it does not delimit anything that is possible for you.
0: Say that one more time. (laughs) So. It doesn't delimit.
1: It does not delimit anything that is possible for you. I love it. But recognize the soul as well as the human form. Because when they meet, that's when your true power is expanded, if that makes sense. Hmm. That's when you get to really trust life and really live a life of like true wealth. Like soulful wealth.
0: I think that's a really good final message, to be honest. And it was really, really deep as well, right?
1: Yeah, there's loads.
0: And there's loads of things going on in there. But because he said it so slowly, I think it will digest perfectly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Feel the soul, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to go a bit deeper, haven't we?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you.
1: Oh, thanks, Alany. That
0: was great. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode insightful. And if you did, make sure you subscribe so you won't miss the next one. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there.